0: Welcome to Badass Body Workers, we are an empowering community of inspirational female bodyworkers who help you overcome the fears, excuses, doubts, blocks and obstacles in your way so you can create the prosperous business and fulfilling career that you deserve. Join me and my powerhouse colleagues to learn the secrets to success that you never learned in school so that you can thrive rather than just survive in the spa and wellness industry. We appreciate your support by subscribing and pushing play. Let's get started. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Badass Body Workers podcast. Today, my dear friend and colleague, Savannah Belmore with My Massage World and I will be talking about massage marketing mistakes, the 15 ways that you're sabotaging your online presence. These 15 marketing mistakes most bodyworkers have made at some point in their career, and they have been very hard lessons learned for the most of us. So let's avoid any more marketing pitfalls and start by talking about what not
1: to do in your
0: massage practice one the first marketing mistake
1: yes so there's there's a lot but um (laughs) number one i think it kind of centers, you know everything else centers on this and that is not having a a marketing strategy in place and knowing your ideal client within that um there's so much that goes into marketing and so many ideas and people just kind of randomly do stuff (laughs) and it doesn't work and then they wonder why it doesn't work and it's like because there's no strategy behind it so first and foremost you have to know who your ideal client is and that's understanding demographics and psychographics. So, you know um, where these people live, who exactly they are, you know, some of those identifying characteristics, their income, their age, their gender, those sorts of things, but more so the psychographics and the problem that you solve for them. Um, so how do they see the world? How do they see their problem? How do they phrase it? You know, I mean, there's, there's so much that goes into it. Um, but it's, it's truly just kind of figuring out who the heck you want to work with. I mean, I don't know about you, Rebecca, I know there's there's all kinds of um, clients that I've had that I'm like, we just don't mesh, we're just, we're not on the same wavelength as far as personality, or the style of work, or what they're looking for, and those aren't ideal clients, so you don't really want them, <laughs> so ideally, your marketing is going to work best when you can speak to the perfect people to be on your table, Um so it's, again, demographics, psychographics, um, focusing on that problem that you solve for them uh, very specifically and developing a message around that that resonates with them.
0: So basically not winging it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> and and then,
0: then. Yeah, and it's OK for your, your ideal clients to change, too. I think some of us kind of get stuck on the same like ideal clients and we forget that it's possible to have more than one niche and focus absolutely. on
1: the
0: demographic, but you can't market to a pregnant woman the same way as an NFL linebacker, you know? Exactly.
1: Yes. And, and that's where that messaging comes in. It's like you, you figure out you know who that ideal client is and some people have one and that's it. And some people, they have, you know, six different you know subsets within that ideal client. Um, and your marketing message has to be tailored to each one of those. And that's really the key. It's the reason that you sit there and you work out all of these psychographics and you figure out, you try to get in their head and you do the market research for your area but you also do the market research of your ideal clients and figuring out what phrases they use. You know, how do they describe their problem? How, how do they describe the solution to their problem? You know, um, internal versus external problems, those sorts of things. You have to get that stuff nailed down so that whenever you go to put out a Facebook post or you go to send an email or you go to an event or whatever, it is clear as day that you are speaking to this particular person and they are going to look at your stuff and be like, Oh, that's exactly what I need. It's like, it's just a smack in the face of it's obvious that they need this. Um, And then the ones that don't fit that ideal clientele, they're going to look at it and be like, nope, not for me. You want to turn people away. And I think that's where a lot of people get scared too when they start to develop a marketing strategy is they're like, I don't wanna turn anybody away. I want anybody that's willing to give me money and get on the table. Let's do that. And you you have to turn people away because not everybody is your ideal clientele.
0: Yes. And speaking of, uh, this is a perfect segue to, you know, marketing mistake number two, which is like our, our colleagues, like ourselves, we don't really speak to clients in layman's terms. Like you have to speak to clients in layman's terms. We well, don't have to, but you're going to get results if you do, mm-hmm. you know, if you focus too heavy on anatomy and physiology. Yeah. I know we're proud of our education and everything, but the client ends up kind of their eyes will glaze over sometimes and they just can't relate to the outcome of the service. You know, like, would you like to pick up your baby for an extra half hour, you know, and not have back pain or drive for an extra two hours? Or, you know, you have to focus on the emotion, the outcome, you know, finding a solution to their problem, not over explaining a technique that they honestly probably just don't give a shit about what they care about is the end goal. They don't care about how you do it usually i mean unless you're like working with a specific niche like athletes and stuff and mm-hmm. they might actually care but the general population you know and our audience like our customers we already have to overprocess way too much so just speak to them in layman's terms you know they they're already overwhelmed you don't need to give them anything else to be overwhelmed about unless they specifically ask you because maybe they're super into fitness or something
1: yeah, exactly. And it, it goes back to that, you know, internal versus external problem. It's like you're actually solving an internal problem and you have to speak to that internal problem. And then they justify it because it solves an external problem. So, you know, the internal problem would be picking up their baby for a half hour without back pain or, you know, being able to brush their hair without their shoulder hurting or, you know, those sorts of things or feeling like a better grandparent because they can run with their grandkids. Whatever the case is, that's the internal problem. That's what you're solving. That's what you're explaining to them. The external problem is the obvious physical issue that you're solving. They don't care about that. They don't care how you fix their back or shoulder or hip or whatever. They just want you to like explain to them how you're going to improve their life, period. Absolutely. So
0: We're on to a marketing tip a marketing mistake in number three, which is not being optimized for mobile devices. And this is more your forte because you're definitely a little bit more techie. Than <laughs> I am.
1: Which is funny because I'm not a, a, I've never been a techie person. And for some reason I got into a business that made me a techie person. Um, but yes, your, your mobile presence has to be, um, or excuse me, your digital presence has to be optimized for mobile. You have to, I mean, what is the statistic? Something like 80% of people are looking up things on their phone. They're they're not looking on a computer. Um, So your website has to load quickly and be easily viewable on a mobile device. And you have to speak to them very, very quickly. Um, The buffering time needs to be minimal and you have to convey there, there's three things you have to convey like on your website on your facebook page your instagram page whatever else you do um digitally you have to explain what you do why they need it and how they can get it all within the first three seconds of them hitting that page
0: oh i can't wait to redo my website <laughs> 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 oh, it's a lot to a lot to think about i actually check my google analytics a couple times a week on the my google business app and almost all of my customers find me on mobile. I mean, it's important. Mm -hmm. Like we never go out these days without seeing people scrolling through their cell phone. Um, and speaking of that, uh, on to mistake number four, because people are always on their cell phone hunting for deals and being constantly bombarded and advertised to one of the biggest mistakes I see is just discounting or quote competing, with franchises and daily deal pricing, which luckily over the years, Groupons and stuff have slowly dwindled down as the industry has realized that it does more harm than good. But especially especially on the fucking holidays, oh my God, stop discounting <laughs> on Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, and Christmas, for the love of God, Universe, Betty White, whoever you believe in. Please, God, do not discount, especially on a holiday. Please, Jesus Christ. It takes so much more time to gain a new client than it is just to retain a current one, you know? But if you like people that do the first time customer, you get a discount. You know how much harder it is to rebook a client after you. they feel like they've been baited and switched? Like, I don't, I personally don't believe in first time customer rates unless it's more expensive, which is exactly what my mechanic just did to me for my school bus I'm renovating. He's like, you know, I have to go out there and I'm going to charge you for two hours worth of work, but it's only going to be an hour that I'm able to be out there. And I'm like, I understand. I'm paying for your time to get here, too, and the convenience because I can't drive it because it's not legal. So why would I expect any sort of discount or deal, you know, but I'm kind of going off tangent. Um, But, oh, my God, just stop competing with franchises. These people are... They don't, obviously they don't understand business, but stop with the fucking discounting, especially after COVID when people's wait lists are like two to three months long, there's no reason.
1: Yeah. And that goes right back to, to the marketing strategy as part of that strategy is figuring out your budget and paying for things and understanding how much you're actually spending on marketing and discounting is no different than taking the money out of your pocket and using that as part of your marketing budget. I tell people all the time, if you're going to do a $10 per massage discount or 10% discount or whatever it is, then every time you get a client on the table, pull that money out of your wallet and put it in an envelope. And at the end of the month, you see how much you've actually paid for that marketing. And then you can look and see what your return on on it was. Because without a strategy around discounting, I guarantee you, you've lost money.
0: Oh, I love that hardcore, like tangible advice. and. I actually want to, um, you know, Savannah, you'll go over tips number five and six, mm-hmm. which ties into everything we've already talked about, especially with the uh, the discounting, um, being really inconsistent with that and doing it willy nilly. So I want you to take over on, on these two next ones.
1: Yeah. So number five is not having a consistent brand. And the brand itself is not just a logo and business name and fonts and colors and all that stuff. That stuff's wonderful but it also ties into the theme and overall personality of your business. That is all encompassing. The theme is, or excuse me, the brand is the personality of your business and everything has to tie together. And you've got some people who have a really fancy looking website because they poured a bunch of money into it, but then you go to their social media pages and it's like this generic crap or, you know, you walk into their facility and it looks really nice, but their digital presence is just not really good. And it's, it's so inconsistent. People don't know what to expect if they go to a really, really upscale-looking website, and then they show up, and your treatment room is like dark and dingy, and you know thrift Puzzle store finds, store my, you know like, things like that. Yeah, it's um, it's just not consistent, <laughs> and they it 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 kind of puts a damper on the trust you know, branding is about building trust. And when you can be consistent in your branding, then you're building trust with your clients. And that's imagery, that's the experience itself, the services you offer, the pricing, the digital presence, the, you know, community presence, all of that stuff ties into that brand personality and being consistent with it. Um, And then that goes right into number six, which is just being inconsistent and irrelevant, which is constant for a lot of people. Um, You have to to be consistent in your marketing, um, and social media, those sorts of things, you have got to just be there. The algorithms don't work if you're posting just like randomly, like sometimes it's five times a week. And sometimes it's once a month, you know, it's like when you do stuff like that, it really screws with any positive algorithm outcome that could happen. Because you're just you're all over the place. And it doesn't know what you're doing. So it doesn't push your content. Um,
0: That's like how I meal prep. Sometimes I'm just like (laughs) done for for two or three months and then other times I'm eating out every day. um, I need to get on, you know, better habits. I need to be more consistent.
1: Yes. And that's exactly what it is. It's this the, the yo-yoing, just like dieting, just like meal prepping, just like, you know, all these things that we say we're going to do to be more consistent with it, tracking your finances, whatever. We tend to get inconsistent and that's, that's really easy, but it's also a huge mistake.
0: Well, you don't see results right away with marketing, usually, um, for the most part, like it takes time, you know, it takes time to develop that trust. And speaking of developing trust, that leads into number seven, which is just be engaged with your community, you know, especially if you're doing it online on Instagram, which I use a lot for my local, uh, reaching my local community, I see so many therapists that are not using the right. Local hashtags. They're using hashtags like massage, uh, massage life, whatever. They're not, or body work. They're not using hashtags that are hyper targeted for their local market in their area. And you can find your city's hashtags by looking at local musicians and artists, uh, other popular businesses and coffee shops on Instagram and kind of look at what they're tagging. There's local publications. Um, I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so a lot of our local hashtags it's like Baton Rouge Social, uh, BRLA, Two Two Five Magazine, uh, Red Stick, which is, you know, a popular term. Uh, Mid City, which is a neighborhood, you have to know what your local hashtags are because why the hell would you want to spend all your marketing time and efforts, especially if you're delegating that off to someone else, to target a market that's never going to come in stop asking massage therapists to like your fucking (laughs) page. stop doing it because it's i know we all want to support each other and it's coming from a really good place but it's also really fucking up our algorithm and making Mm -hmm. us not seen to our local market and then we bitch about having to pay for advertisement we'll stop asking other massage therapists to like your page especially if they're not even in your state
1: absolutely that's a a huge issue. I rant about that on a regular basis. Um, you know. <laughs>
0: Here's another one of our huge favorite issues, Savannah. I'll let you take this. Over. Oh, not using
1: good photos, y'all. I am, and this is not because I mean I I I sell massage stock photos, like realistic ones that, you know, from a massage therapist standpoint of view. So they're not the cheesy like head cocked to the side and flowers and candles near the hair and weird long nails on the massage therapist. It's, it's you know, it's good stuff. And, and the problem is, is that I'm not saying it just from that perspective. I'm saying it because as a consumer, when you see the exact same horribly cheesy stock photos at every massage practice, it's just, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't make it feel like this is personal at all um it it has nothing to do with the business it's not on brand again that just kind of goes back to the consistency in the brand um and and two i hate to say it but a lot of those kind of the, the typical stock photos you see at a lot of massage places um are used by the illicit massage parlors air quotes there um that give a connotation that is negative negative. and I have mentored other therapists who are like why am I getting all these explicit calls and these you know guys being creeps and blah 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 and I look at their website or I look at their you know the the windows in their office and I'm like whoa you're using pretty much the same cheesy standard stock photos as every parlor in this area what did you expect? like and and that's not to be mean that's just that's just how it is it has to resonate with your business and your clientele just like everything else in your brand
0: absolutely and it's the same thing with videos too like we are very literally hands on hands on trade like we need to be recording our content a lot of us like ironically enough i actually don't like being on video so I'll just have my photographer and videographer, like just get really good clips and close ups of like my hands and my techniques, not necessarily my face. So it's important to have good high quality photos. And we're in a career where we can literally barter for almost anything we want. There's really no excuse. There's photographers everywhere that can't afford a massage. So maybe you can't afford sock photos. Hey, go barter. Um, and speaking of like bartering and, and uh, being part of your community and everything. Um, Tip number nine, or I keep saying tip, is marketing mistake number nine, not partnering with local bloggers, businesses and influencers, because I have partnered with so many nonprofits and charities to grow my business from doing like donations and gift basket (laughs) giveaways. I've done strategic partnerships with local mommy bloggers to do giveaways where, yeah, sure. I give away a $50 gift basket, but I'm also growing my email list by three, 400 people. There's no reason not to try and uplift your other businesses and colleagues in your area. Even around Christmas, I make a holiday shopping guide where I write down uh, my top, you know, favorite places to go buy home goods, or candles, or self-care, or or anything. And because I'm doing that, like those businesses are then republishing and reposting my stuff, and we're all helping each other. So don't skip the opportunity to partner with local bloggers and influencers and even other massage therapists. Like you said in your video the other day, Savannah, like maybe you get a ton of calls for couples massages. You know, maybe you might want to, you know, partner with another therapist for a week. So you have to think strategically on how you can help other people because that does come back to you tenfold.
1: Absolutely, and I think that that also ties into the next one. Since we're going, we're going in a nice little pattern here. Um, <laughs> in order. yeah, I know, right? Um, n- not utilizing a, one of the the most important pieces and sources of free advertisement, which is video, uh, social media, email. Those things they're they're practically free. I mean, sometimes you can you can pay for ads, you can pay for email marketing in some instances, um, but for a small office, this stuff can be free and you just make a video you were just talking about you know to take shots of the hands doing the work those sorts of things are are huge and it could be you silently showing stretches or an exercise for a particular issue again speaking to that ideal clientele um, that you've developed in a marketing strategy um those things are it, it it makes it so much more personal and and kind of an intimate thing, you, you understand this person's problem, and you are trying to help on a personal level. Um, and it's just, it's, it's wildly accessible and easy. I, your phone camera is far better than a lot of professional cameras. You don't have to have a ton of fancy equipment. You don't have to go crazy buying lighting and stuff like a window and a decent phone. You can make some pretty good photos to advertise for your business. People want not that kind me. of personal touch.
0: Yeah, not to mention TikTok already does it for you. So yeah, I exactly. mean, you, you have to like, if your clients don't hang out on Instagram though, like, don't spend a lot of time posting your videos on Instagram. But they're on TikTok or whatever. Like, you have to know where your ideal clients are mm-hmm. watching because you don't want to spread yourself so thin over social media. But such a great thing to repurpose. Like, a good photographer can get. Uh, still photos from videos too, you know, and those are your stock photos. So I always just pay my videographer to record for me because we can extract stock photos from that. So you kind of have to think uh, a step ahead of the game too on, okay, well, my photographer is only available, like once a quarter for me, maybe. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, book three, four hours of her time and get it all done at once. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: just another little tip about time management. Uh, oh, Time management. Yes. Number 11. (laughs) One mistake is not having a software system that can automate your marketing. This is not to harp on people that still use a paper planner because I still use a paper planner, but I do use a software system because not only is your brand about like consistency and having the right systems in place to optimize your time and gaps in between appointments and client interactions, you know, automated like birthday emails, confirmation texts, digital forms that clients can sign cancellation policies, blah, blah, blah. It's going to save you a shit ton of time and money. If you have a software system that systemizes everything. So you don't get taken advantage of because how many times has a client no showed or wasted our fucking time. And then at the end of the year, we realized that we lost, you know, $2,000 on no shows, you know, so the less you have to do all the repetitive crap, like, sending appointment reminder texts, which if you do that a lot, those should be copied and pasted into the notes section of your phone anyways. So you're not typing out the same crap over and over or sending directions to customers. The more time that you can save to focus on you, the better. So I'm talking about what it does for the actual massage therapist and saving time, not necessarily for making it easy on the client, which is obviously huge. And I know we're talking about marketing here, but you don't have time to market your business or work on your business if you're burnout and if you don't have time to do it so time management is very very huge i know in both of our lives savannah
1: absolutely yeah and i'll go ahead and jump into number 12 mistake um niching down on only a modality instead of an actual client experience um so a lot of people Will like oh I'm just an an therapist or I'm a prenatal therapist or whatever, and that's cool if that's your your niche go for it. But an
0: idea hot mess therapist.
1: There Is you that go that's thing? fine. <laughs> I think that ties into the experience. Um, so, so if you develop an experience, on the other hand, again this this ties into your brand consistency, in that if you're marketing a full experience with you that you know. From the time they first interact with your business and through the appointment process, or excuse me, the appointment making process, um, the intake, the, the actual session itself, and then the post care, all of those things, when they tie together to this just like amazing experience, it stands out so much more and it's so much easier to market that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, I, I, did a video about this um, not long ago, I think in the last couple of weeks, I can't remember, Um, but about um, this very thing of niching down on an experience. I mean, you could do something really expansive if you're a mobile therapist or you want to try your hand at mobile here and there doing something where you're partnering up with a chef and a house cleaner and they go in and they clean the house while you're doing massage and they make a gourmet meal and the the person gets to come out for the the couple if you're doing couples massage they get to come out to a nice dinner a clean house the dish is done and they can just enjoy their evening after their session you know it's like an experience like that I know right I would and if I can get a babysitter in on that too I will I will book that in a heartbeat and I will pay out the wazoo for it.
0: <laughs> right. You definitely have been a huge inspiration for me for that since I'm transitioning my entire business model, um, which actually kind of leads me to number 13. Um, since I am transitioning my business model and rebranding, I have to like, you know, change my business name. And I was afraid I was going to lose all of my reviews. Um, luckily, I'm not. But number 13 is Not responding to negative comments or reviews online is actually not that bad to have a one-star review. It makes you look more legit, especially if you respond to a pretty disgruntled hot mess of a client or a hater in a professional tone with actual, like, factual evidence with dates and policies and the fact that they sign intake forms if they canceled, like, you know, timestamps on things, you know, your response isn't for the disgruntled client because they're not going to come back anyways. It's for the client reading it, who's trying to decide if they want to come to you or not based on your tone and the boundaries that you set to customers and how you, you know, you set your policies and how you, you know, resolve conflict, if any. So that's it's super important. And you can write, you know, keywords in your reviews, too. And that will still help you on Google. But Having a one-star review is not bad. Having a one-star review that the owner didn't respond to. Yeah. You should probably do that because it's for the potential customers coming in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'll go ahead and jump to number 14. We, you, you kind of already touched on this already, but um, asking other body workers to like, or follow your business page. Y'all just, don't, just don't do it. Don't, 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 don't. Um, <laughs> when you do that, when, when you go into a, a massage group and you say, hey, everybody come like my page. Just like each other's pages or follow, follow each other follow. whatever. Follow for follow. Blah, blah, blah. You are screwing yourself over. Um, what you're doing is, okay, if you put out stuff on your page and you need Facebook to show it to the people who fit your ideal clientele, which means the people who are in your area because you're a local business, Um that are of a certain demographic and a certain psychographic, and they're supposed to do certain things that social media always tracks because they're tracking everything. Um, if you're wanting your stuff in front of those, remember only about anywhere between two to seven percent of your follow count is ever seeing anything you post. That's pretty typical with Facebook. Instagram is not that different. Um, very small portion of your likes and follows are ever actually seeing anything that you want that you post. So you have to make sure that it is relevant to them. If other massage therapists are seeing those things, then it is screwed with your algorithm. Because now that's just taken views away from the actual ideal clients that are following your page.
0: Maybe we should have like an unfollow train. Be like, hey, everyone, let's unfollow each other's pages so we can help each other out. Yes, and you
1: can go into your page and kick people off who have followed or liked. And you can clean out that list. If you see their fake accounts or you see they're not local, throw them out.
0: Yeah, I know that you can um, do a a setting on Facebook where people from certain countries can't see your page maybe. Mm -hmm. And I honestly like. I'll straight up ask some of my best friends. I'm like, hey guys, I just posted a giveaway on my page or I just you know, posted a really cool article. Like here's the link to it if you can go and like comment on it. Like my best friends would do that for me and that helps bump it up a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and then who, number 15. <laughs> Say The best 15? for last, right? <laughs> Giving away free chair massage. I didn't even write a description for this topic y'all i literally just put slamming head into keyboard (laughs) that's literally how i feel about it and i'm sure how savannah feels because she didn't go back and edit it (laughs) but when you give away your services for free you're just signifying to people my services are not like i don't value myself and i know there's so many strategic ways so just bear with me you can quote give away free massages Which is what I've done after a company has paid me so the employees are getting them for free, but not the general public like I'm still getting paid for I'm still getting compensated for my time, you know, back in the day whenever I did do free chair massage, there has not been one fucking client who has sat in my chair that's ever come into my office on free chair massage corporate gigs yeah all the time, you know, they were paid. But free chair massage, it doesn't do anything for you. You're just getting a bunch of fucking freeloaders. And then you're sitting outside. Uh, if In me and Savannah's case, if you live in the South, it's too, oh, hot, to be doing, it's too <laughs> hot to be doing that. But you, And then I see so many therapists that are just giving away free massages, getting carpal tunnel, hurting their hands, not even getting the client's customer intake info so they can follow up them. They do it without a strategy. Now, what I have done is go to an open house for a gym, a local gym that I go to all the time to do fire cupping demos because not one person is going to sit in my chair. That's not an ideal client. If they sit in my chair and if they want me to put a flaming cotton ball, like inside of a fire cupping glass on their skin, like they're my ideal client. So that's already vetted out the freeloaders to start with. And I personally am not a huge fan of you know, doing a shit ton of a free chair massage because that's what everyone else is doing. And that's the quote industry standard straight out of school. And we just need to be more creative as professionals and stop doing the same stuff over the past 30 or 40 years that has just digressed the industry instead of propelled them forward. So I'm not going to rant any more about why I hate free chair massage, (laughs) but if you're going to do any sort of like marketing strategy for quote free, it's not quote free. You need to have a strategy behind it. You need to have a follow up plan. You need to put them on a segmented list so you can email them afterwards. Just don't do it willy nilly and hope that you're going to gain clients. Hate to break it to you, but you're not.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the key. Is it just like you when know, we talked about strategy and and with discounting, all of those things? though you have to have it, it, take the money out of your pocket if you're going to go to an event that you are paying $100, 200 dollars to sit at and do free chair massage. Then that's $100, $200 straight out of your pocket, obviously. But then you also, you're there for what, five, six, seven hours maybe um, doing how much hands-on work. Then you're hopefully getting information. You have to do follow-up stuff. You have to do prep stuff. You've, you have extra money for you know alcohol and whatever else there's all kinds of money that you've actually put into it then there's the time that is money if like if you add up the whole thing i've sat with therapists and we've worked through the numbers of like a single marketing event costing them five hundred dollars to go and do chair massage that they didn't get a single client from and i'm like would you hand over five hundred dollars for a radio ad that gave you absolutely nothing it's like you know if you have a strategy around it it can work but you have to be so serious about being strategic with it.
0: So I definitely want to make sure that our audience is, you know, getting some good actionable advice as well. So, you know, just as a bonus Savannah, what do you think that massage therapists should be doing besides giving free chair massage at events in order to, you know, put their business on the map and and get exposure in their area? Like I do my fire cupping demos, but do you have any other suggestions that therapists can do to promote their business and still gain a client list without having to you know burn their hands out
1: go talk to other businesses in your area like not just like join a bni or some you know networking group or whatever no like just go door to door at different businesses that cater to your ideal client so if you are some you know hippy dippy sort of massage practice, then you need to go to the other hippy dippy stores in your area. If you are, Crystal shop. yes, go, okay. if you're, and you know, if you're tailored to sports massage, then you're going go to go not only to your gyms, but then you're going to try to also cater to orthopedic surgeons and a physical therapists, And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a whole list of other professionals that you can go and create relationships with. And if you can get one person in one of those places to be an advocate for you, then they are going to get other employees. They're going to get their bosses. They're going to get their clients and their customers involved. All you need is one person in there. And I tell people all the time, if if you can look at your practice in the essence of, you can only see, you know, let's say 25 people a week is what you want. Okay, then really you only need to convince 25 people to come in weekly. That's it. That's the only relationship you ever have to build. And if you can convince that, then you have a full practice and you're done
0: absolutely and going back to just uh sorry to backtrack a little bit but going back to like the actual events and expos that a lot of us do set up at and fairs and stuff um what is your favorite strategy for that like gift baskets or like a little like do you have any games that you played at your booths i mean you had your booth at uh world massage festival for my massage world but it's a little bit different yeah right there, trying to gain clients at an expo or convention
1: yeah um i would charge at most things, and it would be for a charitable donation, so it would be, you know, they pay five bucks, they get a 10-minute chair massage, that five bucks does not go to me, it goes, I'm raising money for, like, our local domestic violence shelter, or our homeless shelter, or something like that, or, you know, whatever that event was, you know, participating for, um, those sorts of things helped, because that would, if you're not willing to donate five bucks for a 10-minute massage to help out a charity, then I definitely, you're not an ideal client for me, um, So that worked Um, doing stuff that was not chair massage. Um, I would set up a reflexology chair and do, you know, foot scrubs or soaks or just um, foot massage. And that seemed to draw people in even more than chair massage.
0: I agree. It was like that at the World Massage Festival. The Thai Thai yoga people, like they were just booked solid right Mm -hmm. beside me a couple of years ago. So... Awesome. So we have covered some 15 common marketing mistakes that's possibly sabotaging your business. So we can go on and on about other mistakes. I'm sure Savannah and I will have a part two coming (laughs) up because we can go, honestly, each one of these can be a completely different episode by itself. So if there's something that you did want us to elaborate on a little bit. Trust me, we've we've been there, we've done that, and we can make sure that we're leading you in the right direction. So if you do have any feedback or questions about any, any one of these, let us know. But to close out the episode, I'm going to go ahead and go over all 15 again real quick just as a refresher. And I'll have the timestamps in the notes as well. So marketing... Mistakes number one, why you're sabotaging your online presence is not having your marketing strategy in place or knowing who your ideal clients are, not speaking to your clients in layman's terms and language that they will actually understand, which is super important for rebooking, Uh, not being optimized for mobile devices, discounting or, quote, competing with franchise pricing, especially on the holidays in all caps. (laughs) not having a consistent brand or being inconsistent and irrelevant. I just forgot. I'm forgetting the number. So number seven, not using your city's local hashtags. Number eight, not using original high quality stock photos and videos. Number nine, not partnering with your local bloggers, influencers, and businesses in your community, not utilizing the best source of free advertisement, which is video, not having a software system, or some sort of system that can automate some of your marketing and client interactions to save yourself some time. Number 12, niching down only on a modality rather than the entire client experience. Number 13, not responding to negative comments or reviews. Number 14, asking other body workers to like and follow your business page. And number 15, giving away free chair massages and other services at events for quote exposure. So I wanted to thank everyone for joining Savannah and I. Savannah is absolutely one of the most incredible powerhouse women in this industry. So Mm -hmm. definitely go like her group and her page at My Massage World. And she also has some pretty awesome stock photos that we talked about earlier. So if you're interested in having a stock photo that doesn't look like garbage, (laughs) definitely reach out to Savannah and she can hook you up. But if y'all have any sort of feedback or uh, want us to dive in deeper on any particular topic, just shoot us a message and we can definitely make an episode for y'all. Meanwhile, have an abundant practice and a wonderful day.